This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Hello and welcome to another edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amro. We've got a very, very special edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly for you guys this week. It all focuses around the former president, Jacob Zuma, and his appearance before this commission of inquiry into state capture. It's been a marathon three days since Monday, since the president, the former president has first appeared. Um, lots of news around it. The whole country is talking about it. And now we're on a break. Because the former president's legal teams say that no, he's not happy with the questioning that the commission has leveled against him, and they need to find a way forward. But before we get into that, let's get into uh, our session for the week. I'm joined by my colleagues in studio, Zingisa Mvumvu and Zimasa Matsuwane. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sure you guys have seen what's been happening. It's been an interesting couple of days, hasn't it? The first one was interesting. The rest were boring. Yeah. <laughs> it has I been, agree with you. It has been somewhat of an anti-climax, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah, it is. Because I remember when I walked in here on Monday um, to where the State Capture Commission's being held, there's so much buzz. I mean, there's police cars outside, everything's yeah. cordoned off, yeah. buses coming in, accreditation is now being held off-site to get into the commission, security everywhere. I see state security badges, uh. hundreds of medias, cameras everywhere, and then you get there and it's like, ha. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> is this all that you came here to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. But True. the president, the former president had a lot to answer for, guys. I mean, he was implicated directly by about nine people um, who previously testified before the state capture inquiry. One of them was Temba Maseko, who was the former government communication and information system boss. So I'm not going to focus on all nine people now because yeah. Zuma hasn't responded to all of them. He's yeah. responded to allegations by Temba Maseko mm -hmm. and by allegations by former public enterprises minister Barbara Hogan. Mm -hmm. And that's all he's gone. It's taken three days to get to that point. And it seems like the <laughs> former president is itching to speak about Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. <laughs> Before we get into that, let's let's go on to Temple Maseko and Zuma's first day before the inquiry. Now, he denied everything flatly. Now, Temple Maseko told, said, um, he told the commission that in 2010, while he was in charge of GCIS, he received a lot of pressure from the Gupta family to meet with them. And on the day where he finally said, okay, fine, I'll meet with you guys, he got a call from the president, Zuma at the time who said, listen, you need to help these guys out. And then when he got to Saxon World to see the Guptas, the Guptas wanted GCIS's entire 600 million rand budget to be moved over to the Infinity Media Assets. That was ANN7 and the New Age. Sorry, the New Age at the time. ANN7 wasn't a thing. And he said later, after a couple of days, after not complying with the Guptas, he got another message from the president. Uh, he got a, Sorry, he got a call from Ajay Gupta saying that, listen, if you don't comply with us, we're going to go straight to your seniors in government, who at the time was Collins Chabane, the minister in the presidency, and to the president, and we're going to rat you out. And then, as we know, Maseko was sort of moved around after that, taken out of GCIS. And I think, as we all expected, Zuma didn't have much to say. He said, well, I don't remember making the call. If I did make the call, I wouldn't have said that. Yep. But if I did, ah, you know. Yeah, but, fun again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is what we've come to expect from the president, is it not? He was never going to tell us Yes, I did it. You know, what do you think? Yeah. Look, 
Okay, we were on my cycle for now. Okay, yeah. I'll talk about the issues as we get through them. Look, I mean, it was always going to be. I don't know. For me, it's not so difficult to to prove. But that's the other thing. The commission is not yet. It's not a court of law, so it's not yet to prove whether something happened or it didn't. Because I mean, Masego is basing his claims on the fact that he got received a call from someone in the presidency, and the former president was put on the line. And he asked him to 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 call. I mean, and uh, Zuma uh, in the commission used uh, you know technicalities to yeah. sort of he didn't deny, as you say, it's 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 strange that he mm. didn't deny that the call happened. Instead, he used technicalities of the wedding, yes. and uh, perhaps Masego as well was a bit clumsy mm. or excited to quote uh, Zuma as if he's quoting him verbatim. Yes. Because, for instance, he said in that Zulu thing that he said, and then Zuma is saying, I never use Mfugaba, but the closest mm. word I used to that is Mfanagit. And Masego, I think, in his testimony, should have said that the man said something along these lines. You see now, it's technicalities that mm. I never use this term. But if Masego had said that, he said something along these lines. So it wouldn't, there wouldn't be ground for technicality to say, no, but this man, even if I spoke to him, I would never use such words. So I feel like Zuma saw that gap and took advantage you know, uh, on it. So it's, it's quite interesting. So it's going to be his word against his word. He's not denying that the conversation happened. He may, he's sort of denying the things that Maseko say. he said by saying that he, he would never uh, but you see, again, on, on Masego's uh, uh, testimony, the strength of it is that uh, the former president has uh, agreed uh, that he indeed participated in the formation of the new age. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that links that. up very nicely with the testimony that was led by uh, Temba Maseko. So on that one, I think at least there's a headway in terms of things that are making sense. I think let's do it like this then. This may make more sense. Let's look at what's sticking to the president and what's not sticking to him. Yeah. So let's leave the testimonies aside. So we've heard um, Zuma's replies to Temba Maseko. We've heard his replies to Barbara Hogan. Now, Hogan accused him of sort of interfering with the appointments of executives to various SOEs. And then we heard evidence from Feiki Mentor, what Zuma replied to as well. And Zuma said, I mean, sorry, Feiki Mentor said that um, she was offered a position uh, of public enterprises minister by the Guptas at the Saxon World Home in 2010. And Zuma was apparently present in the house when that offer was made. Now, Zuma has, to all three of these allegations, said, Absolute bullshit. It never happened. I can't recall. I don't remember. But nothing is sticking. Now, let's talk about that. Because it's easy for the president to say, the former president to say, I can't remember. I don't recall. It never happened. But he's never given an alternative version of events. He's never said, according to this, on this day, actually, I wasn't here. Or maybe I was out of the country when Feki Mentor was saying this is happening. But the thing is, the commission doesn't have what I've seen. They don't have direct evidence on the former president yeah. to say. And he knows it. Yes, and he knows it. <laughs> so you can easily dismiss it. Yeah. They don't say, look. And he knows it. Yeah. Look, look he's, if, if he's being accused of something, then the, the onus is on the accuser to bring the proof. Yes. He can just say, no, I don't recall. Mm. And you are not going to uh, surgically get into his brain and, and yeah. look if the memory so is still there or not. This is the There's thing, nothing Zubasa. you can do. This is the thing. Who then do we, do we blame the commission for not having enough evidence or do we blame Zuma for taking the easy way out? Or should we even be blaming Zuma? I mean, if he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember. There's nothing compelling him I to give an answer. Yeah. I don't blame him. I wouldn't hmm. incriminate myself either. I think, also, I think the, I, we expected him to not remember yes. and not recall and uh, 
not know anything about anything. Mm. But I think what what shocked uh, everyone initially was him admitting that he participated mm. in you know from conceptualizing yes alternative media mm. which was supposed to be a government propaganda machine while he was president yeah. so that I, I believe that is why the the temba maseko part of of the commission makes sense however um when he said he could not recall what i saw interesting especially on social media where a lot of MECs mm. <clears throat> were saying look when 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 you are in this kind of power you meet a lot of people. Everyone has a business idea. Yes. Everyone wants funding. Everyone, mm. and you refer them yes. to officials in government. It's not unheard of yes. that it happens. It does not mean Zuma is is corrupt. But what is also strange in the Zuma case is that he had direct benefit in the New Age and NN Seven getting funding performing well and pushing his propaganda mm. while he was president mm. because it was formed by him mm. you know so yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah well i, I agree i agree uh, with uh, what Uzumaza is saying that i mean the only difference here is that really he benefited in fact he conceptualized the idea but i i think the fact that he actually admitted to it you see yeah. it's, it's one thing on an ethical basis he may have been wrong yeah. but legally is it illegal mm. to... That's the question you we know, ask yeah. ourselves. You see, is it illegal to suggest to people, to business, that as a country, this is what we need? And mm. if you guys have got the resources and will to do it, I give you the go-ahead to do yeah. it. In fact, yeah. I'm giving you this idea. Mm. Is it illegal? I think that's the gray area. And I think he knows it may not necessarily be legal. Yeah. Ethically, it may be wrong mm. in that he benefited in the form of that. But again, in the, on the benefiting as well, would he have not benefited? He was the president of the country. They had to be reporting on him. You see, so it is a very touch and go kind of a situation. Hence the admission on his side. I doubt he would have admitted if he had if it uh, was. even knew that this is absolutely illegal. It's something that would land him into trouble. And you see, as Zuma is saying, already people in that space are saying, not necessarily, it's not necessarily something that is wrong. I mean, you refer people to, uh, mm. people in administration to assist them if what they presented to you makes sense. And But Zuma is the Teflon Don, and the commission should have known this, that nothing sticks to the guy. Yeah. I would have expected, <laughs> I, would have, I would have expected that the commission would have came with all the evidence this week to say, listen, this is what this witness said. Here is what we have to show it. Respond to this. Or here is what um, um, Fakey Mentor said. Okay, there's been some issues here, but can you explain this? Or can you explain that? It's just asking him, do you, do you think it happened or did not happen? It's too easy for him to say, no, it didn't, because there's no direct evidence. You see, sorry, I'm to cut yeah. you. I, I, have, I have a problem with how the commission is conducting its business. Yeah. First of all, I don't know. I, don't, I think the commission is, is, is a bit confused now as to what they are really looking for. Yeah. First of all, they don't seem to be having proper and rigid rules that apply yeah. to everyone. Of course. The fact that before former President Zuma came here, there was that tit for tat exchanges between the legal team of the commission and his legal team yes. on whether he must be sent questions or not. If they are established rules, if they are uh, terms of reference, they should apply to everyone equal. Yes. Second, he came. When he came, he was given a platform to have a monologue. Yes. 
exactly. you know, and, and a monologue <laughs> to a to a certain degree, I must uh, point out that seemed to be very irrelevant mm. to the issues of course. Uh, on the table. In, we're going to get know? into that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I really I think the commission also is is really complicated the whole situation, and then we come to questions, and then now he also wants to determine. Since you say now we have taken a break because he's not comfortable in the manner in which he is questioned, and I can tell you now, I strongly believe that the commission may actually banned here to have him come back again and to continue in his way. And I think that on its own is very problematic and it may create problems for the commission yeah. going forward with other witnesses as well with this kind of uh, behavior. For, for me, the problem here was where it all started with this invitation to the former president to come in and speak. Why didn't you just subpoena him from the outset? Yep. If he didn't want to comply, you subpoena him and take it through a court process. Giving him an open invitation to come here gives him the sort of vision that, or, or, or the feeling that he can come here and do whatever, whatever he wants to do. And that's exactly what he did. He came here and he gave a five-hour-long monologue, as you said. And he, we'll get into that now, but he gave his monologue and then he, it was time for him to face questions. And that's where all the trouble started. He didn't expect to face questions. He expected to, for, him, for him to come and sit down. Um, and for them, he, for them to put the allegations to him, Temba Maseko said this, Barbara Hogan said this, he gives a nice reply, and then he gets to go on another rant. I think that's exactly what he wanted. But now that he's not getting it, now his lawyers are arguing that, hey, listen, hold on, you're cross-examining my client. Yeah. You didn't call him in here for a cross-examination. You called him in to give his version of yes, events. Yeah. And that's where the problems are arising from. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to take but, a... But, so so if he was called to give his version of events, I believe that's what the monologue was for. So he gave his version of events of why there is this concept of state capture and why he's associated with it or he's uh, seen as the architect of it. But then, okay, now we move on. Yeah, so he, the, you were implicated here. Then what do you say? How yeah. do you answer for yourself? What is the problem? That's the thing. That's what we can't try to figure yeah. out. I mean, <laughs> what is the problem? Yeah. Why can't Zuma just answer the questions? You know, if he's got nothing to hide, why doesn't he just answer the but questions? But you see, again, I mean, as we said, Zondo as well, as you correctly put it now, by saying, as you say, he should have subpoenaed him if he exactly. refused to come, instead of saying, because now Zondo became nice and say, I'm inviting you to give a vision of it. Actually, Advocate Sikakane, the legal head of Zuma's legal team, yeah. has got every right to throw uh, his toys like he's doing yeah. now, because the invitation was that you are here to give your vision of events. Exactly. And they want him to stick to that. And it mm. seems, in a way, Zondo, by bending the rules a bit, yeah. wanted to trap them. And they are not falling into that trap. Okay, we're going to take a quick short break. And when we get back, we're going to get into Zuma's big monologue on his first day of testimony about the 30-year um, the thirty year long crusade <laughs> to have him ousted and taken out of power. <laughs> Wait for us when we get back. <laughs> Join me, Paul Ash, in a beautiful soundscape as we explore the world in the Sunday Times Travel Podcast. Find it at sundaytimes.co.za. To advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Welcome back. So let's talk about day one of Zuma's testimony where he claimed, and let's talk about the first big claim that caused a bit of shockwaves, that Khuako Ramashlodi 
his former cabinet minister was an apartheid spy. That was a bit sensational, was it not? Zimosa, what do you think? I don't even want to entertain that. I don't yeah. entertain spy allegations from uh, people who were in exile together, mm. who did things together. Because here's the thing, I mean, you can never prove or disprove that someone was a spy. It's the easiest way to smear someone's character. Yeah. So, the... And you know... To, to accuse a freedom fighter or someone who played a part in an in, in anti-apartheid struggle, to call him a spy, I think that must be the most demeaning and hurtful thing you can ever say to a person. If if the person was not a spy. If they weren't a spy. Which is a yes. big if because we will never know. The people who know the spies for sure, beyond doubt, are the apartheid government. Absolutely. So, so maybe Zondo must uh, subpoena... The Mbandla in the Mbandla to come and, and, and give us a, the, the list, list of people, of they people that they had who infiltrated the freedom fighters. These are the people that we these are the people that were in our payroll. These are the spies that are still active and mm-hmm. wa- working for us. If that is still a thing, yes. uh, they are still in the NC. They've been uh, ministers. They've been looking under resources of the country. If Mwako is is a spy, that's the only way we will believe it. Yes. If Zuma is saying it, I'm, I'm not going to believe it. You see, I I, I agree with Zuma. Yes. It's very difficult to prove or disprove uh, whether it's a spy. Actually, as Zuma is saying, it's the easiest way to smear someone. But also, uh, it's so easy such that you, uh, during the struggle itself within the NC, uh, the apartheid security branch used to spread lies with among some NC comrades mm. to say so and so, just to uh, create discontent and confusion yeah. and over each other killed. and distrust yeah. uh, over comrades. The comrades that were killed because there was information that were spies and in actual fact that was not the case and Zimasa is correct to say we will never know for sure yes former president Jacob Zuma is the former chief of intelligence of the NC there are certain things it would also be naive to disprove uh, his allegations completely but as Zimasa is saying uh, the intelligence world is very difficult to take the word of one person it's also difficult and naive to ignore the the word of a particular person, so yeah. it's, it's it's very difficult. But uh, I think Zuma wanted that monologue to deal with these people. You remember that uh, <laughs> when he came here, he was one of the people who were very hard hitting. Yes, yeah. So yeah. you can see it's, he said it's that a, Zuma auctioned off the, the card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit of it's personal. And Zuma took, took, took issue with that, and you see yeah. that's the thing. I mean, yeah, these are comrades. These are comrades who happen today to be in different factions of the NC. The NC factions are going to finish us off. Yeah. But this yeah, is the no, thing. That, that, that <laughs> NC thing is dangerous. <laughs> Let's look at what Zuma said, right? He said there was an almost 30-year-long character assassination campaign to have him ousted from leadership mm. uh, positions in the ANC and government. And he said it go- dates back to the early 1990s when he was chief of intelligence. And he received a report, another intelligence report that we've never seen, saying that there were three intelligence organizations, two of them foreign and one local, that had met and plotted a process, and I quote, of character assassination against Zuma. And now he blamed everything over his entire tenure what, what I on this character don't assassination have plot. What I an answer to is why. And, and why once you got into power did you not try to stop In this 19, attempt? At the beginning, why? Yeah. What was the reason? Mm. 
Yeah, well, he is he's saying they saw that he had, <laughs> well, the, according to him, he says they, they saw that he had a lot of support within the NC, particularly in KZN. And he had a lot of information on spies, on spies in, in the ANC. that they had within the ANC and that he would then reveal them. Out them. Yeah, out them and then that, therefore compromising the, whatever mission that they have. But uh-huh. one thing for sure, I mean, I can guarantee you, I don't have proof, but the ANC is infiltrated. I cannot point out those girls. I don't have names. <laughs> the NC is infiltrated. I think we all have that. You heard it here first. Yeah. Well, other than Zuma. <laughs> we all know what Zuma said, right? And we all knew how he's used this plot to sort of excuse what happened in the arms deal, what happened within Kandla. He's saying it's all this big character assassination plot, right? But what does it mean? Does it mean, one, that we're dealing with a person here who is so paranoid and in his mind believes that his entire career has been sabotaged two are we dealing with someone who's finding an easy way out out of convenience or three should we believe the president the former president when he starts to talk about these things is there any basis where do we start to analyze this mm. i don't i don't think the former president ever left uh, the world of of intelligence of intelligence and those people are super paranoid yeah but besides Zim paranoia, I don't. I, I doubt Zuma is paranoid. He is just because, of well, course, he's just a master tactician. Yeah, and intelligence people also intelligence is about manipulating information. Uh, Zuma, I agree with Zuma so that he has never left the intelligence world. Of course, he may not be an official spook, but he still believes in that kind of culture, yeah. information manipulation, and he's the guy who's always won. As you said to yourself, he's yeah, like no. a MacGyver of sort. He always <laughs> survives. And he survives on always getting the story to be on his side. So also his strategy coming here of all these revelations and, and, and uh, painting himself as a guy who is a victim uh, of a long conspiracy process against him uh, is part of that tact and uh, the Zuma tact in, 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 as, as we know it. I mean, he was never going to come here. And Zuma knows. For instance, Zuma has already benefited from the victimhood uh, card that he yeah. has played, that he continues from to play. From coming here, in he fact, has already yeah. benefited massively. That same card is the one that elevated him. Because you would remember uh, Zuma's popularity reached its peak. Mm. I'm not. He's always, of course, as he says, he's always had a solid uh, support base within the ANC, but it reached its peak. After 2005, when he was uh, fired as the deputy president of the country, when he faced those uh, rape uh, allegations and all those things, and then building up to Purukwan, where he again came with this narrative that I am being dealt with, I, I am a threat because of this, they don't want me to get to the top yeah. office. He was a victim, and everyone, ANC, within the ANC, the bigger of the ANC, SAC, because that, everyone rallied against, uh, behind him, and he got to the high office. And then he, today, it's no coincidence again that he's using the same thing because South Africans generally have got this uh, thing of, uh, you know, uh, aligning with victims. Yeah. It, I think it's something that he has mastered. He's read whatever book he has read that victimhood <laughs> will make yeah. you win. And I believe, for me, that is why he's coming with this strategy. Not to say that everything he's saying is absolutely not true. But mm-hmm. in terms of the conspiracy, I really don't believe there could be See, the that thing long. Is, it's not for us to decide whether the, what, what Zuma is saying is true or, or not. Yeah. That's the commission's job. So yeah. I don't want to get in, involved when, with arguments I see on social media with people saying, ah, we can't believe him because he's untrustable. Yeah. We mm-hmm. can't believe him because mm-hmm. he has this reputation. That's mm-hmm. not for us to decide. Yeah. The commission will come out with the report. Yeah. So let's just take what he said on face value now, right? That's exactly what the commission is doing. They're taking what he's saying on face value and they'll make a recommendation and findings on that afterwards. So we know that so far, 
what we know from the commission so far is one is two things. One, Zuma believes that he's been character assassinated throughout his entire tenure, right? Two, he denies everything that has been said against him so far is true by the witnesses that he's testified that have testified against him and he's responded to. There's only been three. All right. So now we're from here. So what's happened today is that when the commission starts asking Zuma questions about Barbara Hogan and the processes and normal processes and procedures that should follow when appointing someone to the executive of a state-owned entity, Zuma got very confused. He started saying he can't remember. He doesn't know. He doesn't know about reports, but it's true. As a president, you deal with thousands and hundreds of reports mm. on a monthly basis. So, mm. of course, you wouldn't know. But the commission wasn't holding it against him. But he felt at some point that the commission might hold it against him. And he felt he was being sort of, and there was a bias against him there. So he raised the issue. Mm. The commission went on a break, discussed with their lawyers, and it, 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 it sort of blew out of control. And what it seems to happen is what's going to happen now is that the commission is going to break on Thursday and, and maybe resume on Friday if Zuma's lawyers and the commission's lawyers can come to some sort of way to resolve this impasse. But we've got to ask ourselves our questions and what exactly does Zuma want here? Because is this the beginning of Zuma trying to dismantle the commission's findings against him? Because we can't argue that we can't. It's, it would be very easy to argue that there's a campaign here from the Zuma side to sort of place the commission as biased from the outset so that later when it makes findings against him he can say that listen i came here willingly i gave you some information you then treated me unfairly mm. and then i left mm. because we see people like call Nehouse outside here <laughs> any thing the commission does <laughs> he's out here speaking to the media <laughs> We see Ace Makashule, we see Des Van Royen, we see all Zuma supporters and massive campaigns around the commission and hinging on every single word the former president says. So is there more to the story than just Zuma appearing before the commission now? I believe so. I believe so. I mean, as, as I said before, at the center of everything that happens in this country is always two ends of factions fighting over control of state resources. And now... Uh, the, the the faction that sympathizes with the former president Zuma, they believe or they want us to believe that he is being dealt with by the other faction, which is the uh, incumbent regime of uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa and those that uh, think alike with him. And therefore, now that they no longer have uh, control over state resources, as you say, you put uh, the likes of Des Van Ruyen from minister to being chairpersons of portfolio committees, Malusi Kikaba was from here the be. other day, from minister to being uh, someone An who employee. doesn't even have a role. We don't know <laughs> why he was here, you know. Kalni House, oh well, my goodness, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so all those things. So these people are on the outside mm. of the state resources gravy train. Yeah. And they will not rest until, until such time inside. that they are back inside. That's what the ANC, how the ANC functions. Mm -hmm. So it is indeed a meal bigger than just Zuma coming here. Yeah. It's their strategy. You are correct by saying part of their strategy w would be that they want to discredit the commission to say that it was biased against him. On, or also, it uh, on top of that, it may be with Zuma's monologues and dropping those things that in a way don't seem to be related to this. It's their f way of fighting back to say that because oh, they 
they as they believe that the the incumbent faction is behind the revelations that are in this commission, their way of hitting back would be to use the same platform to hit back, so that at the end, when there are findings that are not against the people that they've hit back, if be it it's mere that is true or not true, then they can have a case to say, as we had said that this commission was about this man and we have told you this information but you chose to ignore our information but you took their information so it's a far bigger fight than just this commission that is it's also not it's it's also not even about the long uh, plan of how to deal with the findings when the findings Mm. eventually do come it's about the perception to an anc member sitting at home watching the commission here is this a man that as an NC member, maybe I voted for in Pulukwane and in Mangawung. Mm. He was a, a man of the people. He was a humble president. You know, he built us a school. A, he, he, he could relate to us. Here he's being a, humiliated yeah. by, it's not by the commission yes. in the minds of a lot of South Africans mm. who sympathize with Zuma. Yeah. It's by a, the ANC faction of Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. So now when you have all these people rallying around Zuma. Ace, Ace is a Zuma man. He, he's, he's powerful at Lutuli House. Carl is there with the MKMVA. But when you see Omar Lucy, yeah. Omar Lucy, who are young in the NC, who are nowhere in cabinet, you see Odez, who used to be ministers. So now you say, these people, when you look at them collectively, they've been patched, they've yeah. been removed. Mm. These are the good guys. The bad guys are now in government. So we need now to deal with the bad guys. Mm. How? through ANC processes. That's another perception that, that you are creating. creating yeah. and, and, and I mean, with that, in terms of the ANC politics, and also the, the, there's this uh, NGC that is coming next year. <laughs> it, you know, and the they, boogie man. Yeah, that, that, that NGC, <laughs> and we know, we have discussed it here uh, before what Zuma had said about the NGC. So, you see, there could be a far bigger strategy yeah. here to take control back mm. of both the ANC and the state well to a certain degree i would claim that they still have control of the anc <laughs> they just want the control yeah. of the state once again so it's a multi-pronged uh, mm. strategy hence you see all these things that are happening yeah. the side shows and all those things but i guess only time will tell you see course. you see the likes of Car- of Kalne house uh, calling on the anc to investigate uh, these allegations that they are spies within the anc mm. and you are putting the ANC of Ramaphosa under pressure to go on a wild, a wild goose chase, chase yeah. about something that can probably never be proven, proven yeah. by them. Mm. He know, Carl knows that. Yeah. He's not stupid. He's saying to ANC members, this is the guy who is refusing to tell you who, who the spies are. are the spies in mm. the ANC. And that is implying that Ramaphosa knows who the spies are. Or he is even one of the spies mm. because the allegation has been made against him in parliament too. Yes, exactly. So it's not just about uh, Zondo. Zondo, yeah. is, Zondo is a small fish. Yeah, the big yeah. fish is the, is, is the control of the state. Of yeah. oh, Resources. Yes. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for joining us in studio, guys. And thanks for everyone who's listening. <laughs> Remember, if you want to follow us... That's who thinks Baba is going to come back on Friday. Oh, yeah. we should do that, actually. <laughs> I'm putting 100 bucks on the table now that he's probably not going to but if he does come back it's going to be on his terms yeah absolutely. he's going to come back and say listen this is our this is you our see, prediction you see, you you see if he doesn't us. come back yeah. they are going to say the 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 commission prevented him from making revelations about pravin 
and yeah. hence that's because what's yeah. happen. the man is just waiting <laughs> you can see it in his face he's waiting to come and speak about Brahmi yeah. so you see it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a high level mind game my brother mind games yeah. uh, anyway follow us on hashtag stpoliticsweekly on twitter and we'll all be interacting there thank you so much for the support and hopefully next week when we get back um, we'll have more to talk about when it comes to Zuma at the State Capture Inquiry and this just won't be the end of it join us then <laughs> bye bye <laughs>